0: I'm Kelly Eckley, and you're listening to Talking to Dead People, the podcast where we lift the veil on afterlife communication. Today, I'm joined once again by our guest, Becky. You want to introduce yourself?
1: Hello, I'm Becky, and I would like to thank our listeners for their very productive notes and say that I shall attempt to not be so squeaky (laughs) and to stop leaving long pauses like this. I enjoyed your performance
0: on our last episode. I think you're uh, the only one. (laughs) Speaking of our listeners, we've received some feedback that people wanted to hear kind of a 101 introduction episode about all these terms that we're talking about. So uh, today we're going to do our Woo Woo Sciences 101 episode. Um, We're going to talk about a couple topics that we're going to go far more in depth into in some upcoming episodes. So let's jump right in.
1: What is the difference between a psychic and a medium? So a psychic uses their senses to
0: gather information about you you being the sitter so they're gonna utilize their intuition they maybe they see auras they sense energies um, they're using crystals, tarot cards they can use all kinds of different methods but basically they're tapping into some kind of ability to read your energy or maybe your soul, gathering information about you past, present, and future or your possible futures. Mediums take it a step further than that. Um, They utilize the same skills but they're communicating with basically spirits, mostly people who have already passed away who don't have physical bodies anymore. Um, You can call it spirit, energies, I guess you could call it ghosts, um, but basically people who have died Some mediums do say that they can communicate with other energies, like what they would call spirit guides or maybe angels. Um, But basically it's it's taking the psychic senses and moving them forward past the person who's sitting in front of them to energies or spirits that you really can't see. Uh, Basically, it's that all bananas are fruits, but not all fruits are bananas. So all mediums are psychics. But not all psychics are mediums. Does that make sense?
1: No, you lost me a banana. <laughs> but mediums are beyond the veil and psychics are what's in front of me. Yeah, they're in front of the veil and mediums are behind the veil. So psychics
0: take some energy and then mediums really take those and expand upon them and go a little further.
1: So have you ever been to a psychic or medium and thought that they were lying to you?
0: Absolutely. So my personal opinion is that a certain percentage of all people are just not nice people. Doctors, lawyers, nurses, there's just a small percentage of them who are not nice people. But I think the same is true for plumbers and psychics and everybody. Probably 10 years ago, my first psychic experience ever, I was with a friend and we walked right in off the street in Los Angeles. We were, it was a busy street in the Wilshire district. And we had passed, we were walking to our car and we had passed this window, big psychic sign. And it was just like, oh, hey, this would be so cool. Let's go inside. So we walk inside. We we didn't look at any reviews. We didn't talk to anybody. We just walked into this lady. She seemed really nice at first. Uh, we sat down. It was kind of your stereotypical, what you would think of like a fortune teller's room. There was red veils on the window. It was It was very dark inside. Um, She sits down next to me on this huge plush couch, and she grabs my hands, and she starts to read my palms. And I'm cool with palmistry. I think it's really interesting. But she just looks at them and rubs them and tells me, oh, I'm going to be so successful. And oh, that, that romantic interest I'm thinking of, they're thinking of me too. And then she looks at my friend and says, you're cursed. And I was like, what? She goes on and spends the next 45 minutes telling my friend how she's totally cursed. And if she wants to lift this curse, her only chance is to buy this $1,000 candle. Maybe it was several candles. It was $1,000. That was way more money than I was going to spend to help her lift her curse. In my opinion, she can just live with it. (laughs) Um, But... I, I felt like it was a complete scam. It was ridiculous. And I left and for years after that I was like, psychics are nonsense. That's not a real thing. You know, it took a long time before I was even able to look start looking into things. So I've always kind of been interested in it, but that really turned me off of my one bad experience. So yeah, it's definitely there are bad people out there. I've had a ton of psychic and mediumship readings since that were fantastic. But yeah, I've had a bad experience. I've they're out there.
1: Okay, so if I want to avoid that, but I want to find a medium to visit, what should
0: I look for? You should not just look for a giant psychic sign in the window. (laughs) It's not great. Really, the best way to find a reliable medium is word of mouth. The first reading I ever went to was with an amazing medium, um, and that referral came from one of my coworkers because I started to talk about it at work, and she was like, oh, my friend Valerie, she knows this psychic. Let me get you her business card. She brought it in. I called her, we set up the meeting and it was a hundred times better than any of my expectations could be. And I was so surprised that it had come from this woman at work because yeah, I knew her as very buttoned down, straight laced. I never would have thought she she liked mediums or talked to psychics or anything like that. But once you start talking to other people about it, you would be so surprised. I've brought it up. I've met police officers who see dead people. I I have coworkers who tell me that their children are psychic. There's so much out there. Like really, once you start engaging with people, it's not just crazy people like me. It's all kinds of people who they're interested in psychics. Maybe they're talking to mediums. You just don't know until you talk to them. So put out the word. Don't be afraid. Don't be don't be ashamed. It's a legitimate thing go ahead out there and ask people I was your first referral wasn't I
1: you were you were also my first bully okay. I, I
0: did I bullied you right into it but you enjoyed it didn't you
1: I did it was very it was very enlightening
0: if you don't have anyone like me to bully you into going um, but you're looking online there are a lot of websites there are some directories. I have never met anyone off of a directory because I've had such luck in my verbal referrals and meeting people through classes. But if you're looking online and you want to see if someone maybe is more serious, I would look for someone who's had some kind of training as a medium. Um, there are lots of classes, there are lots of schools out there where you can kind of hone your psychic and your mediumship abilities. And if someone's gone through the process to get certified through those, it's a lot of time and a lot of effort. And I think it really shows kind of a dedication to the craft. In a couple big schools in America, there's the Lisa Williams School, and then in the United Kingdom, there's the Arthur Findlay College. And both of those are kind of widely accepted, very well known, esteemed mediumship schools.
1: So is that Like the equivalent of a AA or a bachelor's degree?
0: You know, it's a psychic degree. It's definitely not a BS degree. Oh, all
1: right. (laughs) What is reincarnation?
0: Okay, so reincarnation is the idea that your soul or your consciousness or your life essence survives death and then returns, born into a new body when your old body biologically dies. So it's it's not a new idea. It's been out there for a very very long time. Um, many many religions outside of the Abrahamic religions believe in reincarnation, although there are a few Protestant sects and there's some Orthodox uh, Jewish religions or. Orthodox Jewish branches, that it is part of their belief. It's a central tenet of the Hindu religion the, and South Asian religions. Um, and it's also been an idea that uh, we found in Native American and Indigenous Australian cultures. So it really, it runs the gamut from the different types of religions and who believe in
1: it. If I've been alive before, how come I don't remember all of my past lives?
0: I'm a huge fan of the research that's been done by Dr. Ian Stevenson. Then he passed away a few years ago, but he dedicated a ton of years to studying reincarnation scientifically. Like His whole goal was to get the most analytical research that he possibly could on reincarnation. He documented hundreds, if not thousands, of cases of individuals, mostly children, who stated that they had remembered past lives. He's written several books about it. I have all of his books. They're excellent. Some of them are like 800-page tomes full of just charts and graphs where each interview he pulls out different... different facts and grades them based on how well they remember and what facts could be corroborated. But what it kind of boils down to is that mostly it's children who will spontaneously remember these lines. They'll often start to talk about it when they're very young and just starting to talk. And when they're really relaxed and comfortable, say like as they're drifting off to sleep and they're kind of in that little twilight zone right before you knock out, they may start to say these things. A lot of parents, especially in our culture in the United States, we're not a group that's generally uh, receptive to that. But in other cultures where it's a part of their religion, it's not a weird thing. So they'll start to talk about it. Maybe they'll talk about it to neighbors. And sometimes around here, people will take them seriously. And you can talk to your kids and ask them questions about it. And they'll go into some details sometimes. But it seems like those memories tend to fade by five or six years old. So by the time you move into your preteens and your adolescence, those memories are kind of all gone. Personally, I think it's because you're so new at that point and you're just learning to communicate that so you have all these past life thoughts going on in your brain and it's it just wants to come out. But by the time you're a preteen, you have a lot of uh, new knowledge about this world. So there's not that much room for that in your brain. That's my personal opinion on why we forget.
1: So I have two questions. Okay. The first is, do you think there's a small child somewhere that's like, I am remembering my past life. I know this because in my past life, I did a lot of research into past lives.
0: (laughs) That's pretty meta and I don't know.
1: (laughs) Uh, And the second is, I have a coworker whose daughter constantly talks about her dead stepmother. Do you think that's a past life? Because my coworker thought it was just a really passive aggressive way of her like trying to tell her she was a bad mom. (laughs)
0: Um, I don't know but if that continues she may want to uh, see a play therapist with her daughter because that doesn't seem like it's a healthy remembrance. Uh, There are actually a couple books and I'll link to them in the show notes of kids who did remember and it's a great book and he remembers his life as a World War II fighter pilot. It's extreme detail but it's very disturbing for him because he remembers dying in a in a fiery plane crash and so his parents were great and very helpful and once they figured out what was going on um, and now he's, he's very well adapted now, but <laughs> it's a great story about the differences and, and what happens when your kids do remember and, and how that can go. It's really interesting.
1: How do I remember my past fighter
0: pilot life if I want to? If you want to, there are a bunch of different ways. So There are those spontaneous memories that maybe come to you in a dream or you remember as a child. There are also a lot of guided meditations online. You can just go onto YouTube and find some for free. But there are also a bunch of past life regression experts out there. I would say take a Google, check out their websites, listen what they have to say. I've met a couple of them. I underwent a, I was kind of a meditation. I felt it was more of a hypnosis, but that's not how it was referred to in a class. And I remembered some past lives and I thought that was crazy but it was a really great experience. You can also go to, there are certain therapists who actually like legitimate educated therapists, not if not these BS degree ones that you're talking about, <laughs> who specialize in hypnotherapy. And then some of them will do past life regression therapy. So if you're having problems with something, maybe a phobia, you know, it could be past life related. If if you worked on it and it hasn't been helped, it's, it's not something that I would brush off before I tried it.
1: Interesting. Although, a therapist, don't they actually have a BS degree? Oh,
0: my goodness, I don't know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What is astrology, and how is it different from astronomy?
0: So, astronomy is the study of the whole universe. Basically, anything that is outside of the Earth's atmosphere is astronomy. Black holes, the Milky Way, suns, moons, planets, comets, all of that. Anything that's not stuck on our little planet is astronomy. Astrology is a study of planets and the sun and the moon, it's their position and their motion during certain dates and times, either right now or at the time of your birth, and how those celestial objects affect people and events. It was explained to me by my current astrology instructor that astrology was kind of a precursor to modern psychology. So it was a way of people reaching out and trying to understand the inner workings of our minds. And that's how it it has kind of evolved. Astrology and astronomy used to be basically completely linked. If you were an astronomer, you were an astrologer. But around the 17th century, those kind of started to diverge. And at first they were separate jobs, and then astrology kind of went off into what's now, I acknowledge, as the woo-woo sciences, where it's not taken so seriously, versus astronomy, which went off and-
1: Became JPL and NASA? Yes, JPL and NASA, where are looking at putting people back on
0: the moon, like, and that's an amazing feat and fantastic. It is, they are not going to tell you how you feel about uh, certain circumstances based on the planets at the time of your birth, but they're going to give you some other information. But yeah, that's what astronomy is versus astrology.
1: So which one did they teach at Hogwarts?
0: I don't know. I haven't been. I didn't get a letter. (laughs)
1: Okay. So easy way to remember astronomy equals NASA and it's the one with an N in it. Yes. Okay. All right. (laughs) And NASA doesn't care what's in retrograde.
0: You know, what retrograde actually is. So the planets are always moving forward. But in when they're in retrograde, based on where the earth is, and the position that we're looking at that, it appears to be going backwards for a short time. So How? retrograde Why? is not actually those things what? moving backwards. It's just an appearance that that's the movement. Because, you know, depending on, you know, the orientation of the earth and the orientation of these other planets, they're going to look different to us. So you really will learn a ton of astronomy, when you're studying astrology, it's It is not all crazy nonsense about who likes this and who's angry and and who's funny and who's outgoing. It's really a lot of science that goes into kind of the psychology part of it. Mind blown. Excellent. I cannot wait for our astrology month, which is coming up in a couple months. It's
1: going to be exciting. That's crazy. Does astrology care whether or not Pluto is a planet?
0: astrology considers Pluto to be a planet. We don't care what NASA has to say (laughs) because it it exists. Pluto exists out there. And regardless of whether we're going to call it a planet or not, it's a celestial object.
1: Okay. I am a Gemini. Isn't that
0: all I really need to know? I think that's all we need to know about you right now. That's, <laughs> that's the only excuse for this that we have. <laughs> uh, but no, So your zodiac sign is really just such a teeny, itty-bitty, tiny part of astrology. Just a basic natal astrology chart. that It's a, your birth chart. It shows where the position of the signs and the planets were at the moment of your first breath. That's going to show It's going to show what your zodiac sign is based on the date. But then based off the time, it's going to show you what your ascendant sign is, your sun sign, your moon sign, what house they were in. It's a real map of where those things were in the cosmos, the moment that you kind of emerged into being. A natal chart goes into so much more detail than your zodiac sign ever could. Your zodiac sign is kind of what you boil down your newspaper horoscope to be. In the back of Cosmo magazine, you're going to see your your zodiac sign horoscope. And that is a wildly simplified version of the information that you can really gather through your, your natal chart and your birth charts. People are really complex. And I think that that's why these natal charts can get so in-depth, because we are really in-depth and there's a lot of things that go into making us. So astrology looks at all those things that uh, may be affecting it.
1: So maybe don't make major life decisions like going to grad school because of what your daily horoscope says?
0: You know what? Make decisions based on what resounds within your soul. (laughs) Okay.
1: (laughs) What are tarot cards? So tarot cards, for our purposes,
0: our spiritual and mystical purposes, are a type of card deck that's used in cardomancy, which is basically a type of divination using cards.
1: Ah, so this is what they teach at Hogwarts, divination.
0: Yes. Okay, I don't really like to use the term divination because you didn't get a good grade on your OWLs. Because I didn't get a letter, and I'm still upset about it. How's that? Okay. How's that? But I don't like it because of that connotation. Because I feel like divination leads people to kind of roll their eyes and think magic. And that is coming from someone who likes to talk to dead people. <laughs> I don't like to be associated with magic. But I feel like it kind of lessens it but it is, it is the apt description because tarot cards are used to kind of to prophesize, to show a future. Tarot cards can be many different designs. There are classical decks. There are what people refer to as oracle cards, which they can be like of any number, of pile of cards, not just the 78 classic tarot cards. They can have different messages on them. They can be meditation decks, angel decks, fairy decks. They can have all kinds of symbols, but basically they're all a different type of cardomancy. Tarot cards are generally used by the people we've already talked about today, psychics or people with kind of an intuitive gift in order to answer questions or to give guidance.
1: So do the tarot cards
0: tell me the future? So I'm going to say yes and no. So, yes, because when you're reading tarot cards, you're tapping into that psychic ability. You, as a sitter, are asking the person who's reading them to interpret them for you, and you're asking them to exercise that psychic or intuitive energy to read to get the answer to the question that you're asking. It's, you're, you're buying into that idea that it's not random. So, I'm going to say, yes. You've given over, you're putting forward that energy, and you're looking for an answer. And that's different for every person. You can call it energy. You could be saying you're asking your spirits, your angels, your guides, but you're asking for some kind of guidance that you don't have. So I'd say yes, you're asking them to kind of prophesize to tell you the future. But, and the big but here, is that I don't really think that the future is predetermined. And this might be my Protestant Catholic uh, upbringing poking in here. But I think that free will really reigns supreme. I think that when you're getting a reading from a tarot reader or an astrologer or a psychic, that they're telling you a possible future. But you're the one who gets to decide if that's actually going to happen and how your future is actually going to play out. What about you?
1: Well, I think when it comes to divination, you need to be careful. Because... Putting faith in prophecy can give power to it. Say, for instance, someone tells you that your destined enemy will be born to those who thrice defy you as the seventh month dies. If you acknowledge that and hunt down that child, you may inadvertently create a seventh horcrux. Okay, thank you. (laughs) I appreciate your input about that. (laughs) Just gotta give it to you honest. (laughs) Thank you so last question am I really supposed to believe in all of these things
0: (laughs) the horcruxes no (laughs) please please no Um, but no you don't have to believe in this You, you don't have to believe in any of it you don't have to believe in all of it you can believe in pieces of it that's the glory like this is spiritualism this is not a religion with a set doctrine there's no creed to tell you what you have to believe in It's all up to you. Until recently, I was actually very dismissive of tarot cards. And I'm a little embarrassed to say that because I think I gave you your first deck of tarot cards. And now you read tarot cards. I know. But I gave you that deck because I was like, I don't
1: think I'm going to use these. (laughs) But it fits into it because there's this whole like saying that you're not supposed to buy your own first deck. See, it was perfect. And now you're giving the game away that these were scripted questions and I totally knew what tarot cards were. (laughs) You did.
0: You did know what tarot (laughs) cards were. But it really changed my mind after you started reading them and then there were some books laying around the house. So I started reading those and I was like... There's so much more to this than I ever really gave it credit for. And I think that you should really take your time and do your research and pick and choose what feels right to you. Like if it doesn't feel right, just let it go. And if it feels right, really dig in because that's like the glory of it all really is that this is your life. These are your choices. Like if you're building your own spirituality, why not take all that glorious time and learn and stretch out and see what you can find. And if you don't like it, you can just drop it. If you like it, you can grab it, take it forward with you.
1: Sounds good. You're just saying this because my first reading for you told you this podcast would be a success.
0: It did. So everybody, that was the future that we chose and that's the one we're going forward with. So like and subscribe. You can follow us on Facebook at Talking to Dead People and you can follow us on Instagram at Talking to Dead People Podcast and you can go to our website and sign up for our newsletter at www.talkingtodeadpeoplepodcast.com. Bye.
1: Bye.